Hi, good morning and welcome. I'm really pleased to be up here this morning because I love preaching from the book of James. Because the James is a man I can really respect because when he wants to say something, he doesn't muck around, he just says it. And that's something that I can relate to and it also makes it so much easier to understand. So I think you'll find this morning's sermon shouldn't be terribly long, but it should be very to the point. No mucking around. He says what he says. He gives us an example. And what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at that, put in the, the context of Scripture, and we're going to see that there's certain behaviours that we cannot exhibit. If we exhibit these behaviours, we are doing the wrong thing. And like James always, he's just blunt. He just says it. So let's pray. Father, I pray that you empower your word. I pray, Father, that we learn, that we come closer to you, and that we go out and we really behave the way you would have us behave. In Jesus' name, amen. As we've said each week, we are saved by grace and not by our behaviour, but our behaviour is important because it's in our behaviour that the world sees our love of God. It's in our behaviour that we show to God that we are following him. I've used the example before and I'll use it again. If you say to somebody that stove is hot and they go and put their hand on the stove, they did not believe you. They might say, yes, I heard you and I believed you, but if they put their hand on it, they did not believe you. And it's the same with the scriptures. If you hear it and you don't do it, have you really taken it to heart? I'd say probably not. So here we go. Isn't that a lovely statement? My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. To the point, it doesn't say be careful, it says must not. Here's four key statements from the scriptures for me. I, I won't argue about a lot of the scriptures because a lot of it's to do with interpretation. These things are not. These are key core statements. First one, all people are created in God's image. Those scriptures tell you that God created man and he created woman. He didn't create different men and different women. He created man and woman. And they're both created in his image. So we're all from the same place. The next one, all people are loved by God. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, so that whosoever believeth in him, I've gone on King James, shall not perish but have eternal life. God so loved. God loved man. The next one, all have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Not one person alive has not sinned, except for Jesus. And all people are able to be, to be redeemed. You might know this one. It's a really good verse. Revelations 22, 17. Basic, oh, well, I'll read it out. It says, come. Hello, it's gone. Here we are. It says, come and let the ones who hear say, come. Let the ones who are thirsty come. And let the ones who wish take the free gift of the water of life. It's saying, let the ones who want salvation come. Let the ones who want the gift of life come. And how's it given? Freely. They're our key statements. And all men come under those statements. From Acts 10, 34 and 35. Then Peter began to speak. 
I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the ones who fear him and does what is right. Again, a pretty blunt statement, isn't it? God accepts those from every nation. He does not discriminate in any way. I would argue that there's two groups of people. There are those who have accepted Jesus and are saved, and there are those who need to be saved. That's the divide in our world. That's the reality of what we have. But of course, in our human eyes, not all men are created equal. It's very easy to become parochial, isn't it? I must admit, I find it easiest to relate to not very young males from a very middle class background who are Christian, who support manly. Because they're, they're just sensible people, let's face it. They're the people who have their stuff together. How natural is that? Is that what we do is we form tribes and the people in our tribe are the people who are good and right and everybody else is not part of that tribe. Most people, if they go to a school, what is the best school if they like it? The school they go to. What is the best church? Your own. There's this notion within us that says whatever we are, whoever we are, is the best. And if I am the best, how are you? Unless you're all of those things. I don't see any other manly supporters here. So I, uh, my age, so none of you, sorry, you're all second best. But isn't that so deeply ingrained in our nature? We just tribe and then we believe somewhere deep inside that our tribe, our group, is in some ways better than the others and that we trust that group more than we trust others. It's just the way it is. But it's not right. We have to move beyond it. Let's face it, we don't have the same cultural, ethnic, IQ, abilities. There's just that natural tendency for us to discriminate. And Satan loves to use it against us. It's like a lot of our natural tendencies. What do you have to do with a natural tendency? You have to fight it with an unnatural love of God. You have to turn your back on that which your, your upbringing and everything else says and go in a different direction. Because the world is changing, but God's love for all men, that he created all men and women, is not changing. Romans 12.3, of course, says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think. Don't think of yourself more highly. Do you know how you think of yourself more highly? You think of yourself as being better than someone else. I want to tell you today, we're all created in the image of God. We're all loved by God. The word here that they use for favoritism literally means to receive someone according to their face. In other words, to receive someone according to how they look on the superficial, on the external. Other words we can use are favoritism. Of course, that's the one that uses here. Discrimination, prejudice, racism, chauvinism, bigotry. They're all words that can be used in this context, and God is against them. 
I have read, anyone else here, a lot of church history? If you read a lot of church history, one of the biggest things that, that's pulled the church down over the years is discrimination. Is racism, believing that people who are not in this sort of particular group are not right. How many of you really grew up believing that Jesus was probably blonde-haired, Northern European, definitely didn't have one of those um, Hittite facial noses and all that sort of stuff because he was this image. The church for so long has spread this image. Jesus was a Middle Eastern Jew, but who cares? Because God was, is not interested in those things. God is interested in the heart, and we have to actively pursue that. 1 Samuel 16.7 says, Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Isn't that a powerful verse? Man looks at outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart. I believe this is our first clue. When we meet somebody, and if any of those discrimination, prejudicial, favoritism thing raise up, we have to say what? God, show me the heart. God, help me to look past the externals. God, help me not to be such a shallow person. Help me to be a loving, empathetic, caring person. To see this person as another person who either loves Jesus or needs Jesus. And it's a deep and wonderful thing to be able to move past the externals and see more deeply. We need to welcome each other. We need to be open. Then we, James brings us an example. Now this example, he talks about rich and poor. That's something the people of the day related to. Was there groups in the early church? I'll tell you what there was. There was Jews and Gentiles, much hatred. Greeks, non-Greeks, much hatred. Rich, poor, slave, free. Circumcised, uncircumcised. Male, female. Young, old. Even vegetarians and those that were eating meat and those who followed Jewish food laws, those that didn't. There were Sabbath keepers and non-Sabbath keepers. There was Pharisees. There was Sadducees. What a divide. The world was exactly the same. And he uses his rich poor as his example. But it's an example to bring it home to us. And, it, and in verses 2 to 4 of James 2, he says, Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes. And a poor man in filthy old clothes come, also comes in. If you show attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, have a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? What a, it's actually quite a good example, isn't it? Because we do tend to honour successful people. It's not saying... If somebody comes in and they look rich, remember the Beatitudes and blessed are the poor so he's not blessed, sit him in the back. It's not saying discriminate against the rich. What it's saying is all people that come in should get a seat of honour. Because everyone who comes in is what? Loved of God. Everyone who comes in is a child of God. Everyone who comes in is created by God. So first of all, I believe that favouritism, discrimination denies the principles of the kingdom of God. Those principles we saw early. When you show favoritism, you are just denying that all men are created equal, that God loves all men. Favoritism dishonors the poor. 
Listen, my brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? Do not dishonor the poor. It is not the rich who is it not the rich who have exploited you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? He's basically saying, look, it's the rich who are giving you a hard time, yet you in other words, you look at the externals, not at the internals. Does this mean discriminate against the rich? And said, no, 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 we should love them and let God judge them. For a start, should we be thinking, oh, there's a rich man? We need to work on our thinking as these people did. Now comes a challenge. Again, James is being James. He not only says something blunt, then he basically says, now here's what it means. Now you be careful. If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbour as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles on just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. What's the greatest commandment? Love God. What's the second greatest commandment? Love your neighbour as yourself. Again, how clear is this and how blunt is he being? What's he saying? He's saying if you discriminate, then you are sinning. And it's one of the laws that Jesus said was most important. So I would say non-discrimination is non-optional. You are breaking the desire of God. Even if we're not under the law, what are we under? We're under God's will. And I want to, personally, I know, and I hope you're the same, I want to submit to what God says. And God says, don't sin. So I try not to sin. Do I succeed? Not always. But I try. And this is one area in which I believe that we can work on our thinking. And we can move forward. We can love our neighbour. Not treat one better, not treat one worse, but treat all with great respect and love. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law. That gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy was shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Oh, he's laying on the line, isn't he? He's basically saying, you have been judged under mercy. God has given you mercy to clear you of your sin. Don't judge others. Don't, don't dump judgment upon them because basically the scriptures say if you don't forgive others, God's, you're not living in the way. So we need to forgive others. We need to not sin, not to be judgmental so God doesn't treat us in a judgmental way. Is that God being mean? No, that's God saying, I've given you two ways. Which way are you following? 
Are you following the path of mercy or are you following the path of judgment? And when we show favoritism and judgmentalism and discrimination and bigotry, we are following the path of judgment. So in these, new, in these verses, there's news and there's bad news. If you want to be judged as merciful, be merciful. Fair enough? That's good news. If you want to live the way you probably were used to live, then you'll be under judgment. I know for me, let's go back to the day. I went to a school called Seaforth Primary School, a lovely local primary school. We had one person in my year who I knew, one person I knew in the school who was not of Northern European origin. Nobody from Asia, nobody from Africa, nobody whose skin was anything else pale. Commonest hair colour? Blonde. That's the way it was. One person from another country in my year, he was Greek and his father owned the local greengrocer. And that's what Greeks did. Because that, that was in those days, that was the, the, the image. So everything was fine. So what was I being taught? The safe, happy world is made up of people who look and act like me. We had a policy at that stage called the White Australian Policy, which basically said nobody from anywhere else is allowed in because they'll mess the place up. What a shocker. But what was ingrained in my spirit? Was it non-discrimination? Or was it some notion of exclusivity? Australia is a lovely country to live in, but it's only one of many lands made by God. We must not discriminate against other countries, against other people. I have great trouble. I'm going to go, I won't go too political. I'll try not to. I have great trouble with their immigration policy because what does, it discriminate, what does it discriminate on? The heart of man or the, the colour and the ethnicity? I'll say no more, but I, I struggle with that. I believe that we should love all men and we should be welcoming, loving, caring, compassionate people. Does it take effort? Yes. And I just want to encourage you that if you ever see yourself and you feel, oh, look at that person. Just ask God to show you his heart for them, to show you his love for them, to show you his passion to have them either saved or they're already a brother and sister. They're actually related to you. So I want us to start to see the world in two parts. The saved who are brothers and sisters whom we have an eternal relationship with, and those who need to be saved. Those who need to hear the word of God and to be brought into the kingdom of God. And I tell you what, I don't think anyone's been saved by being told, oh, you're different, you're lesser. I'm better than you because I'm a Christian. I'm better than you because of my background. I'm just better than you. I don't think anyone's ever been saved by that. How are people be saved? By being shown the love of God. And how do we show the love of God? By loving them, by caring, by not being discriminatory, by being welcoming, by being open, by doing what God does 
and looking beyond the external appearance, looking beyond the face of a man and seeing the heart. I, like I said, I really like James because he didn't muck around, does he? And I hope I haven't mucked around either. And to sum it up, the whole message this morning is don't show favoritism. I'm glad that Jesus didn't say, I don't like Northern European heritage people. Those blonde haired kids are grots. They're privileged, they think they're great. They don't have the struggles of us poor Middle Eastern people. They're the enemy. I'm so glad Jesus didn't say that. I'm glad that Jesus looked at me and said, there's a little boy with a heart that needs me. And I love him. And I'm going to come and I'm going to save him. And I'm going to take him to be with me forever. I just pray that that's our heart. That we look upon people and we love them. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that you really do place your hands upon our lives. You help us to be people that love others. People that desire to see others become brothers and sisters. To come into your kingdom. And I just pray, Father, that you do give us eyes and ears and minds that see beyond the external and see to the heart of man. I just pray, Father, that you help us to be lovers of man. To be carers to want to see your kingdom grow, to want to see your name glorified and to see the love of Jesus upon all. I pray in Jesus' name.